This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time now for the Bob Melvin Show, presented by Nest Bedding. The three-time manager of the year sits down with Chris Townsend, exclusively on A's Cast. Visit nestbedding.com today. Here now is Chris Townsend. It's time now for the Bob Melvin Show, brought to you by Nest Bedding. You can check out their locations in the Bay Area, or you go to nestbedding.com. Use the coupon code Oakland, and you get 10% off your entire order. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com. Bob, uh, things are a lot better since the last time we talked. Yeah, you'd think. Yeah, we, we get off to a little bit of a slow start, and then, you know what? We're, we're playing a lot better now, so we're playing the type of games the tape type of style of games I think that that uh we kind of excel in or when we're playing our best that's what we do so yeah we've strung some wins together had a good series in Houston and then followed it up in Arizona you know the one thing I've really been noticing is how it's the entire roster that's contributing like if you I talk about like keeping score for the games you see that your entire lineup everybody's getting on base everybody's scoring Everybody's starting to hit with runners in scoring position. It's just not a couple guys. It's it, it's your entire roster that you're putting out there. Talk about how like it's like it's been like a total team effort. It really has, including everybody in the bullpen, including everybody in the rotation. It it really has. There hasn't been anybody that hasn't uh, contributed. So, you know, that's a good feeling. That makes everybody feel a part of it. Uh, you know, it's 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 not just two or three guys that are carrying the load. Uh, we need the entire roster, and and like I said, it, it makes everybody feel like they're a big part of things. I don't know if you've ever seen this in your career, and you've been in baseball a long time, and I've talked to Ray Fossey about this, and God knows he's been in baseball forever. But to watch a guy not play for basically two years, have only seven at-bats, not play, be injured, and come back and look like nothing's changed – I, I, what has that been like for you with Jed Lowry? It's like, it's, you know, it's like going back in time and, and kind of surreal to the extent that, you know, I was a little skeptical at first. And then I was watching his, his at bats during the sim games and early in spring training and they looked the same. Um, then you follow up into games, of spring training, same thing again. And now, man, where would be, we'd be without him at this point. He's hitting, you know, second or third every day in our lineup. And, and those were the spots he hit in when he was here a couple years ago. So, yeah, back to the future for sure. Yeah, that was the thing. Like, back in the day, as much as the lineup changes every day, Jed Lowry always hit third for you. And now we're starting to see that again. As you mentioned, second, but uh, he's been in the three-hole a lot too. I mean, it's crazy. What's it like for you? You're writing that in every day. <laughs> You're putting him in. It's like, it's it's unbelievable. It is, and I feel like following it up with Cespedes and Moss, and you know, obviously, I'm not doing that. But you know, when when you wrote down Lowry years ago, it was followed up by those names, and and so your pen kind of wants to go there. But you know, now it's Olson and Chapman, and a little different group. But uh, yeah, the mainstay here is it continues to be 
jet even after you know two years uh, away you know watching your ball club steal all these bases and being successful at it um you know we haven't seen that in a while and obviously the three true outcomes have been such a big deal in baseball home run strikeout or walk um what's that been like for your ball club you're showing a lot of athleticism and you're stealing a lot of bags yeah we are i mean it's basically one guy in loriano i think's got eight of the ten but uh you know canna's got one and kind of drawn a blank on uh, maybe tony kemp has one i believe so yeah you know what we're trying to be opportunistic and and ramon definitely is at this point and you know, even stole a big base the other day when when they knew he was trying to go. So that's that's the real true stolen base guys are. You know, like Ricky was. He was out there. Everybody knew he was going to steal. Everybody was slide stepping, pitching out from time to time, throwing over a bunch, and still still steals the base. So it's just kind of where Ramon is right now. We certainly have to keep him healthy. He's had some injuries over the years, but you know he's been in some good spots to be able to steal some bases, and so far so good. Well, and the bizarre one was in the ninth inning where he clearly got picked off. Uh, did you understand that Arizona did not – they didn't get the uh, challenge in within 20 seconds? What was that like from your guys' perspective? Yeah, that's what I think it was because that's what I was standing out there waiting to objectives if, uh, you know, they did let them uh, – allow them to, to go to replay. So, yeah, it was a long time before something was noticed there. and. You know, thank goodness, uh, you know, we've we've had our challenges with replay. Hopefully we, we caught a break on that one. You know, you normally don't win a game when your starter only goes two and two-thirds. And I know you don't want to go pull him. He's a young guy. He's trying to learn. But uh, you had to go out and you had to pull Jesus Lazardo. What are you seeing from him early on this season? You know, we've seen some bright spots and we've seen some tough innings. It's the big inning that's really getting him right now, you know. He starts out well and then gets a couple guys on and, and throws Kelly a breaking ball that comes to him, kind of sped him up a little bit. And, you know, all of a sudden there's three runs on the board. So it's trying to limit that damage. It's okay every now and then to give up some homers. Uh, Kurt Schilling used to always say, you know, you can give up some homers as long as they're solos. But his tend to be right now with, with some guys on base. And it's either bad pitch selection or just not executing a pitch at, at a certain time. So, you know, we continually go over after games, you know, what we think is best, uh, you know, is, is best pitches are on a particular day and, and what to use in certain situations. Uh, still kind of working through some things, but we still feel really good about him when he takes the mound. Uh, just been a little inconsistent to this point. How refreshing was it in Houston from your standpoint, especially as a former catcher? to watch Frankie Montas and Sean Manaya use their fastball and just go out and challenge the Astros with, with the best pitch there is in baseball, that's still number one. Right, and that's, you know, probably got away from that a little bit with both these guys early on, and, and it seemed like, uh, you know, we'd either get behind or maybe they were sitting on it and we had to do make some adjustments, and, and we did. And in Frankie's case, I think he threw – it felt like 20, 20 some fastballs in a row to start the game. And the first three to Altuve were inside and Altuve had just been wearing us out on balls out over the plate. So, you know, just trying to make that adjustment and then, you know, started using his breaking ball a little bit more as the game went along, cleared some room outside, uh, you know, for that with pitching in so much. So, you know, it was effective for those two games for sure. 
you came up with the Detroit Tigers, and you came up with the Tigers at an interesting time. They had just won the World Series in 1984. They were they got off to one of the greatest starts in the history of baseball. I think it was like 35 and and five, and and they just breezed through the postseason, beat the Padres in the World Series. What was that like then coming up with all the, I mean, you had Hall of Famers, you had great players, you had Sparky Anderson was your manager. What was that like? Well, that was an unbelievable team to be able to come up with and and get get a start. You know, my first start was in Seattle behind the plate and, you know, Kirk Gibson's in, in, in right and Larry Herndon left, Chet Lemon, Sam or Trammell, Whitaker, the whole team, it's just you know, it's such a great feeling to be able to break in with those guys. And I was able, because I came up through the system, to really watch these guys and, and, and see how they went about their business and, and got to know them some in spring training and years previous to that. So they made things really comfortable for me. Lance Parrish was, was a great resource for me and really kind of took me under his wing as well as, as Kirk Gibson did. So it just felt comfortable there. Uh, but you know, Sparky Anderson's a legend and it, you know, the back in those days, the only conversations I ever had with Sparky is if he started one. So I, I was too nervous to go up and talk to him, but that's just the kind of team it was and, and, and benefited so much by, by watching these guys prepare and Alan Trammell in particular, how he prepared and went about his business. And, and I still take a lot of those things into, you know, who I am today. Well, I, I got to think you 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 probably are are a little bit of a com- better communicator than Sparky Anderson was back in the day to rookies. Well, it, it wasn't really what what managers did by then. You earned your back then. You earned your stripes. So, um, you know, it's actually, when I was in the minor league, Sparky'd come over and talk to me and come over to minor league camp because I was one of the bigger prospects and. Then once I got to the big league level, it was a little different. You, you know, you got to earn your stripes and, and get to know him. And he had great relationships with others. I wouldn't say I was his best friend. He wasn't look to, looking to room with me on the road or anything like that. So, um, But then after that, when I established myself as a big leaguer, we had some great conversations. So well, what a terrific manager and what a, what a character as well. You know, you go into Arizona and you take two games. And I know the Diamondbacks mean a lot to you. And, you know, we played on A's cast and A's cast live, uh, Mark Grace coming on your zoom call. I mean, that group, it was really special. It's, it's really one of the great world series teams, uh, to take down the New York Yankees who are trying to make it four in a row. You know, we always talk about how you, you had such great success against Randy Johnson, but that group is, is a special group. So I, and I know during the COVID, like how, when, when, when we were celebrating the 70s teams and the 1989 team, they were doing the same thing in Arizona during that break before you went to Specta, what we called summer school. Uh, you guys were celebrating the 01 team. What's it like for you when you go back to Arizona? Oh, it's those guys are so important. You know, they've everybody stayed close on that team, myself and Bob Brenly. Uh, but not only that, you know, we were kind of a young coaching staff and it was a veteran team. So we all felt like we really didn't feel like coaches with that team. We just felt like we were just part of a group. And every single guy on that team across the board was a veteran guy who had one one thought in mind that year. And that was to win a World Series. You know, everybody got together. The Graces, the Williamses, the Johnsons, the Schillings, the uh, Steve Finley's, the Reggie Sanders, the, it's just it's a veteran Tony Womack, a veteran group that really, really had one goal, and that was to get everybody together and win a World Series that year, and we did it. So 
it's a special bond. A lot of those guys still live in Arizona. We're all, we're all still in contact with each other. Obviously, Gracie and I play a little golf together and uh it, it just was a really neat group that you don't really see stay as close over the years and it's been 20 years now um you know and, and we still all have that bond and people if if you did if you don't remember or you didn't watch it that was one of the most wild world series you talk about an a roller coaster ride down to the very end where and we've had luis gonzalez uh, on the program and you go, you know, it wasn't the hardest hit ball, but it's one of the greatest hits of all time. Just talk about the emotions of that world series. Cause it was crazy. It was crazy. And, and I, you know, I, I didn't even mention Craig council and, and Luis Gonzalez on that team. Yeah. You know, we, we, we go into to New York up to O and played three of the craziest games I've ever seen in my life. When they talk about ghosts and in, in old Yankee stadium, they definitely showed up for those games. The, the second home run off Young Young Kim that that Brocious hit, I, it really felt like that place could come crumbling down. It was so electric, and it was right after 9/11 and all that. So there was just so much emotion there. And then we come home and play the ultimate game in Game Seven, which is the way that that series should have ended, uh, you know, with the last pitch and walk off and all that. And Gonzo, uh, you know, told me that that's the first time all year that he choked up. And, and, you know, in that position, all he's trying to do is put a ball in play and certainly did it. And, they, you know, all he was trying to do is, is get one, you know, over the infield's head. And, and that's what he did and ended up being just an historic World Series and, and one that was really, really fun to watch and be a part of. And you and Mark Grace as a team have never lost in golf? Yeah, yeah I would say it's probably like five or six and oh. Uh, we've, we've taken on some pretty decent players at times, but we find a way to ham and egg it a little bit. It's not like we're the greatest golfers in the world, but seem to be able to find a way to, to get a W at the end of the day. Why do I think playing 18 holes with him would be a blast? A blast. Oh my God. It's, 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 you know, you, 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 something you'll never forget. He he tends to, to talk some, he's really funny. He's not afraid to, to, to rib other guys. He's not afraid to put screws to you a little bit on the tee box and, He's just a lot of fun to play with, as as he was a lot of fun to be a teammate of. Well, you guys have won. You're, you, you, you've got a winning streak. You've won four in a row. You won five of six. By the way, during that winning streak, uh, you've scored 29 runs. So it's like Stella's got her groove back. So it's great to see, and good luck against the Tigers. And we'll talk to you next week. You got it. And be nice to win some games at home here for our fans as well. That's the Bob Melvin Show brought to you by Nest Betting. Check out their locations in the Bay Area, or you can shop online, nestbedding.com. Love where you sleep. Yes, the same mattress Ricky Henderson sleeps on. When you go to Nest Betting or you go into one of their stores, use the coupon code Oakland to get 10% off your entire order. That's nestbedding.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story and one of the best
stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team.